No Ketchup Chicago. What's really good, my people? Welcome into No Catch-Up Sports Talk via Chicago. I am your host, Sean Little, Big Nick the Quick on the line. The Last Dance recaps episode seven and eight. What's going on, Quick? Man, what's the business? How we feeling? Good, bro. You know, we uh, we we couldn't get it off last time, but we're going to get it off here first thing in the morning. Uh, seven and eight just closed out, meaning we're on the last two episodes the last dance or the that, last dance. The, la- <laughs> the <laughs> last dance or the last dance is uh next week. Yep. So man, it it didn't happen quick, but it's happened quick. Um we've covered like, a lot of years, we've covered a lot of stuff. Go ahead. I was gonna say I feel like it's been real quick. Maybe just because nothing else has been going on, it's been the only thing you got for it to like kind of look forward to every week. But I feel like it's like, man, we're already at the last week of it. Like, man, told you Honestly, I, I could do tw- I could do 25, 26 episodes. Dude, and honestly, <laughs> now that now that we're here, I, I'm shocked they gave us two hours a week. Really? Yeah, just because why? Why not? You think they should have done in 20 parts or 20 I'll, weeks? They easily could have ran it out 20 weeks. I guess maybe maybe that would have been egregious. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. But I don't think you think, well, you think people would have stopped watching? No, definitely not. But I mean, you're running out over five months at that point in time. Like, that's that's crazy. They had to get yeah. it out, man. I like how they did the back-to-back because the way that they do the episodes, I think they pair them together real well, especially these ones. Like, seven and eight were perfect to go together. So, yeah. I think, like, the way they kind of lead into it, I feel like it should just be a two-hour episode. You know what I mean? What's the point of even having the credits go? That's a waste of 30 seconds that we could be watching Mike. <laughs> it should just be running running from top to bottom. Continuously. Just keep that's it going. Probably- no commercials. They're going to run it on Netflix, and then you got you know what I'm saying. Then yeah, gonna, it'll be it'll be ten episodes you can watch individually. But um, For sure, seven and eight was an interesting time because, and we're going to jump right into it like we usually do. But um, seven and eight was an unusual time because it's kind of after the the, the three peat. His pops passes away. Then he gets uh, into baseball, starts shooting movies, and then they they get all the way through all that, and then him coming back, losing to uh, losing to the Magic with the I'm back forty five. Then they get to uh, they get all the way to GP the Sonics and uh, them winning that title on Father's Day, no less. And seventy two uh, win team. Yeah, and then we so we got through all that. What was your favorite to kick it off? What was your favorite part of the episode seven? And then we'll just give a, give me your uh, you know your review of the the seven and eight. Yeah, I mean I think it's easy as far as uh, was it seven when he did the Gary? I mean the Gary Payton the Gary Payton situation. The GP was, was the like towards thing. the yeah, end just, of eight. Yeah, just uh, laughing at Gary Payton and just being like, I mean this dude was not a problem at all. And it's funny when you kind of put that against like the Drexler thing because he's like Drexler, you know, Clyde was a was an issue but not a major issue gp he just completely laughed him off thought that that was great um i feel like this was the episode where if you were really like trying to get some of that behind the scenes footage whether it be like the practice stuff um some of the stuff of them just sitting around whatever it might be i think this is kind of that episode these were those episodes where you got satisfied right like the scott burrell stuff like that was great 
Um, you know, we, we everybody wanted to kind of see that raw Jordan, that going at his teammates Jordan. And uh, I think you definitely got it with that footage. Like that was that was that was classic. I think people were waiting for that. Yeah. That's what they wanted. And, That's what everybody been talking about. Like, oh, not enough footage. And I don't know about you, but all this stuff just makes me like Jordan more. All the stuff that's supposed to make me hate Jordan, I love him even more for. Hundred so, percent, yeah. And I didn't even think it was that bad. I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was some tough talk. You know what I mean? But he was just giving bro, it to the dude. Listen, not I've heard even worse. really. I've heard. Well, listen, on a hoops floor, yeah. This shit is very standard. I don't very care standard. if you're playing at the highest level or at the park. Calling a guy a hoe, you can't make this. You can't. What you gonna do with me? You can't guard me. Like this is regular hoops talk. Go watch some Bobby yeah. Knight. Some Bobby Knight tapes. You want to see some over the top <laughs> shit? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like calling somebody a bitch, and he was calling people bitches and hoes, and which you know, I mean, bitch, bitches, 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 a little bit different. You know, what I mean, you can't be going around calling people a bitch, but you know, hey, at the same time, he took it. You know, well, it's not, I mean, and I think the interesting thing was like they're asking these guys like twenty years later, and they're all like, "Yo, we get it." You know, Will Purdue's like, "Yo, we get it." Weddington's like, "We get it." BJ, they're all like, "We understood." Like he was trying to push us to that level, trying to make us great, and all of those dudes' lives, like we talk about with the announcers that are in this show, and pretty much everybody who was in that orbit, like around that time, is still doing good right now. So like, they're 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 all better for it, hundred percent. You know, hey, BJ, listen, yeah. I'll, I'll, Right. I'll say this, bro. I'm never going to say that. I agree with what you're saying. hundred percent. I'm I'm never going to say that everything those guys have accomplished and what they're doing now is all because of Michael Jordan, but wow, did he really help? Well, the door was open because of Michael Jordan. I mean, they they accomplished those things on themselves, but the door was open because of Michael Jordan. The Steve Steve Kerr got a broadcasting job. If he, if he, the broadcasting job that leads to the GM job that leads to the head coaching job, like, come on, all that's because of Michael Jordan. Will Purdue is over here um, hosting Bulls halftime show. Kendall Gill was in that net series over here hosting Bulls halftime show. Mark Giangreco at the the retirement ceremony. Mark Giangreco is still around to this day. Linda (laughs) Cole, all those people are still around. Right. Right. So yeah, it was uh yeah, I never I'm never gonna say it's all cousin Mike, but man, he really gave him a platform and pushed him out to 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 become a force and what BJ is Derek Rose's agent, man. Stop playing. Yeah. Paxson was the GM of the Bulls forever. This is all this stuff is, all this matters. Man, that Mike. door is open. They did it on themselves, but if they hadn't met Michael Jordan, they might not be there. They wouldn't be there. Would not. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, well, let's kick it off from the beginning, right? So your favorite part was GP. My, uh, We're going to get into it. I'm going to give you my favorite part just before we get into the rundown. My favorite part by far of the episode because I, the we're so – I mean, we're lifelong Bulls guys from Chicago. Like, this is – you feel like you know all the stories. A lot of this new stuff to people is stuff that we've known forever. You know what I mean? I had never heard of the Space Jam pickup runs before. I didn't know that Warner Brothers built him a basketball gym. That's crazy. To play ball. It was a full work. I built him like an LA Fitness. To play ball in and that he was shooting Space Jam all day and then running pickup with Jawan Howard, Reggie Miller, Dennis Rodman, Patrick Ewing at night. And... And and this wasn't addressed in uh, 
in the episode, but you know those guys were going out in LA after that. Well, of course, they're having a great so, time. But so like they're having a ball, right? So like this guy is getting up in the morning, shooting Space Jam, going to play pickup with the best players in the NBA, and then coming back the next day, shooting it and doing it all over again, then going out getting dinner. I'm sure, right? Yeah. Um. And it's also genius. He gets these guys to come to his turf. Guys that he's going to see in the Eastern Conference Finals, he gets to come to his turf, gets to get a real look at him. Like, hey, I haven't been around for a while. Let me get an up-close and personal look at Reggie and Patrick, and let's see what these guys' weaknesses are, what they're doing, what they're working on. And it was just it's just a genius play. So that was, my fav- that was my favorite part. Yeah, that was sick. I love that they built him the gym, built him the workout facility. He had all those guys there. I didn't even know. I don't, I'm trying to figure out how Rodman even got there because, you know, he wasn't in the movie or anything. Um, shout out young Jawan Howard over there. Like for, for a young Jawan Howard, that experience must have been crazy because that would have been what his like first or second year in the league because yeah. that's 94. Fab Five was 92. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah, I thought that that was crazy. I never knew that story either. Um, I, I thought that was that. dope. And then obviously I like how they got the footage of the LeBradford Smith situation, which is a story we've all heard uh, forever. But it was yeah. dope that they kind of got him on there. I, I wish they—I don't know if dude is still alive or whatever, but I wish they would have had him on the last dance so he could have talked about it. Like, yeah, no, nah, man, I didn't been. put my arm around him. Like, no, nah, none of that ever happened. Like, I want to hear what really happened with that. But yeah, that the, the Space Jam shit. Definitely want to see the video of those runs. I just think it's hypocritical. You're asking for the video of those runs when you're the biggest hater on the uh, on the Monte Carlo run ever. Well, the Monte Carlo run, I don't have no footage. Well, show me that footage, too. You've seen a little bit. No, I see, yeah, I, and, and what I've seen, it looked like motherfuckers shooting wide open jump shots. What do you think was happening in the Space Jam? But anyway, we're going we'll, we'll we'll to we'll get to that another day. Was Joe, was Joe Kim Noah playing? I think they was running double teams. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. And, oh, shout out, uh, shout out Devin Booker for shout the, out, for the shout double out, shout out, Shout out Book, man. I heard he's dating a Jenner now. That's That's perfect for him. Yeah, that is perfect for him. That's perfect. His, that's that's, that's hundred percent his lane, man. He doesn't need to win ball games. He's just he's just there. Oh, good wow. for him, man. Good thing the sun season is over. He he doesn't have a chance to finish twenty nine and fifty three this year. <laughs> all right. Anyway, we, we we know you don't like Devin Booker. We we get it. All right, I I, I get it. Anyway, so let's go back to the beginning of uh of seven. We talked about you know Mike just being fed up in the last episode, just mentally tired. I thought it was interesting that the, I can't remember the reporter's name with the blue shirt, uh, black glasses said that Michael was so tired that he was going to, he would have quit and play baseball in 92 if it wasn't for the Olympics and bird and magic, never being able to do a three peat. He was already fed up. Right. So I thought that was interesting. And, um, why if yeah i thought I, i'm not even gonna i'm not gonna call dude a liar but Who? i thought it was the dude that said he that, that he knew about it already that, yeah a year prior um but hadn't that kind of been talked about though because even in some of the previous episodes they talked about that year how he had talked about retiring before so i don't think dude was full of shit no 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 i'm not it's, talking it's, about it's, no 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 oh, no no okay. the retire the retirement part i believe he was he was so matter of fact like yeah i knew he was gonna retire and play baseball what are you talking to he told me like michael and me yeah, yeah, me and Mike. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Michael and me. So yeah, he's, me he's, and Mike, he, he's, 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 the, he's the white Amad Rashad? Yeah, that's like, that's, <laughs> that's kind of how he was trying to play it. Like, oh, Reinsdorf didn't know. Kraus didn't know. Me, Mike, yeah, Mike told me. 
I did. Check out my blog. <laughs> Mike, yeah, Mike called me, told me I, I'm going to go play baseball, but I'm the only guy that knows. Only person. So, yeah, all right. So, uh, we'll be getting into that. And um, so, like, the very beginning of seven, his father passes. And it was a. And I'll, I'll say this. I have been one to teeter on the, the 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 speculation of it just seems very convenient uh, that Jordan left and then came back. But when you think about it, and and I, I've teetered on maybe he did get suspended for a little bit, and I've come back and I've gone off of it and I've come back. But when it gets broken down how it did and when you think about it, David Stern's not going to take just how, like like the guy mentioned in the in the uh, in the doc was that David Stern's not going to take his lead horse out of the NBA, take the lead squad out of the NBA, cost his league tons and tons of bread for some gambling shit. It's just not going to happen, right? And David Stern, who he called a true capitalist, which is one hundred percent accurate on the yeah. money. Yo, low key, I hope people caught that because. David Stern always gets, I think, rest in peace, David Stern, the best commissioner probably of all time in any sport that I'm aware of. For sure. Um, he always, he gets painted in a very, very positive light all the time about just like he was for the community and this, that, that. Man, he was trying to make money for his league and, and blow up his league just like anybody else. So He was a bulldog. The true, cap- the yeah. true capitalist thing was uh, a, a great little nugget of, of content that and, I and hope he, people didn't glance over. He wasn't putting the cash cow on the shelf, so people need to calm all that down. Right. Like If he wanted to suspend Michael for gambling or something like that, first off, it wouldn't have been for 18 months um, unless he had some information that no one else knows. And I like like he said, it would have gotten out by now. Like. That's the thing. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't believe in any of that. I do believe in the Patrick Ewing frozen envelope shit. Like that's for sure. I think that definitely happened. <laughs> Wait, what? What are you talking about? What frozen? You never envelope? heard? You never heard about uh-uh. this? No. The frozen envelope or the bent envelope? So the the story was when the um, when Patrick Ewing was coming out of Georgetown. Obviously, he was a big time player. And the Knicks were one of the lottery teams. Oh, you're talking about the lottery. Yeah, I yeah, the lottery. That. Yeah, and obviously Bro, listen, the, envelope was like, the envelope was bent, so he knew which one to pick. So Ewing would go to the Knicks because obviously you wanted to put a star in New York, which uh, – oh, I never heard the bent envelope. Uh, bent envelope, that, frozen envelope. Yeah, there's been a different, a whole bunch of different things that he knew which one to pick. I'm going to tell you this. The, the lottery been sus, bro. D-Rose? <laughs> the lottery's just been sus. Like, hey, it's just a – we got D Rose with a one point one percent chance or some shit. Hey, look, look, bro. Anything, anything that they're not televising or they weren't back in the day, and all of a sudden it just came out and you knew what the order was. Like, nah, bro, it's not. That's Super about sus. That. Something about that shit is sus, and it's, and it's. Um, let me give you an example. You know how the Oscars, like, they have like the uh, Ernst and Young or whoever, like, do the envelopes and like that type of shit. Yeah. It's like a it's like a third party that firm, hand- yeah. yeah exactly it's like a third party that handles the shit like nah this all NBA folks handling one hundred percent NBA yeah. folks it's not, it's, not Ernst, it's not Ernst and Young it's, right. it's Dave Dave Ernst from accounting <laughs> <laughs> you feel me so like this yeah whatever you can a, a, a conspiracy theorist or not the 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 lottery 
It's a little smelly. Look, if you're David Stern, you got a chance to put uh, Patrick Ewing in New York in 1984, 85. You're doing it. Yeah. We can put him in New York or we can put him in Cleveland. I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> you tell me where he's going to go. He's going to New York, man. So, yeah, dude, that's a that Patrick Ewing bent envelope, frozen envelope. That's interesting. I never. Oh, there's so many theories around that. that. Yeah, I that's one that where it's like if, if if you know that if there's smoke, there's fire. Like there's a lot of smoke on that one. The Jordan shit. Like they said there's no type of. It's just all speculative bullshit. It was just gas up, man. And, and if you wrote a story about that, like you said, that was just cheap journalism, man. If you want, even if unless you had some sources, unless you had some proof, unless you had a paper trail, whatever it may be. You don't write garbage like that. Like, I do have a problem with that. You know what I'm saying? 100%. I I have a major problem with that, especially after someone loses their father, which I have done, and it's a very sensitive time as is. It's, um, for you, because you're essentially, I mean, it's not, it wasn't really clickbait back then because the internet wasn't jumping like that, but it's, you're trying to sell newspapers off of the back of a man losing his father and just completely non-sourced information you're just met you're just making shit up essentially you know you read some bullshit and you're rewriting it in your own style yeah it's but like it's, it's unsourced all you're doing is just citing his gambling problem and the fact that his father died and you're building your own bridge and your fa- and the fact that his father died in a suspicious way yeah um yeah it's ridiculous it's garbage yep Another thing that I didn't realize with his pops was that they couldn't fi- – I forgot they couldn't find him. Yeah, I don't remember him being missing for three weeks. I, I forgot about that part. I remember that he was obviously killed in his car. That that was what really stuck with me. I kind of disregarded the that they can't find him. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that's crazy. Like, yeah, I've they, forgotten they, that there was like a three-week period where he wasn't he wasn't located. Yeah, like I, I, yeah, yeah. I remember the red Alexis, all that, but yeah, I, I, right. I actually have zero recollection of him being missing for a whole three weeks. But at the same time, like what I was eight, you were like what yeah, seven, six, 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 you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's not like we were right. sitting up there like, oh, turn on the news, what's up with you know Michael Jordan's dad? But right, same time, I mean, like I remember everything about the OJ chase. So yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying. So that is that was something that just makes it a lot more traumatic too. Like, yeah, for sure. Three weeks that's a long ass that's time. A long too. time, bro. It's like, not like a that's a three. Yeah, that's a long ass time. So he then gets into that. Then he starts playing the baseball. What do you think that the 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 pops is obviously the biggest thing that pushed him to play baseball, right? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, yeah, it definitely. That's, he had talked about it with his dad. I think it's something that he always wanted to do. And I think that he was still competitive. You know what I mean? I, I fully believe that he was fatigued from basketball and the life that was around it. And I think that a dude who, you know, constantly was looking for something to keep pushing him had essentially ran out of things to keep pushing him. Once the three-peat happened, it's like, okay, I've done what Michael – and Larry Evan done, you know, I'm not chasing those guys anymore. I'm not chasing any person anymore. At this point, I'm just kind of chasing myself and my own records, and it's exhausting. So he went to go do something else. He still had to get his juices out. He was still competitive. Um, and it was just something to do plus. And listen, he man. Just shut up. And we're not, we're not, no, we're not under, there's one thing, there's one thing we're underestimating. He could. Because he could. You can do right. whatever you want to do. Yeah, if he wants right. to go play baseball, man, you're going to go do it. It's and not like oh, it's a hard road to the to the diamond. I mean, they, they show you how fast it happened to the show. It's like yeah, one day he's at the game, next day he's retired. Three weeks later, he's in camp. You know what I mean? That was yeah. Andrew and was, was paying him bulls money. I didn't know that. Yeah, and they were and they were uh, they had a presser saying that they're going to invite him to camp. Like yeah, well of course you are done done and, done. And Shout out to the real capitalist, the Jerry Reinsdorf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and you get to instantly go to double A. You know what? Another thing, too, is, I, I, hey, I'm not going to flex. I was under the impression that he might he worked himself up to double A. I, I never realized he went straight to double A and then never really got out of double A. Walked right into double A, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, And the reason he went to double A was because that was the facility that can deal with him the best. Well, because a single A, you're playing at like Central Park. Right. You know I mean? <laughs> <laughs> There's no media, no media situation going. Play at the Park District, Chicago joint. Play at Thillens. Thillens. <laughs> Shout out Thillens. Yeah. So, I, yeah thought so. was, I thought that was dope too. But yeah, I mean. I think you're 100% right. And he even says in the first retirement press conference, uh, retiring means I can do whatever I want. Like, Off I'm every day, play I, baseball, gamble. I want to play baseball, I play baseball if I want to do – like, it's whatever. Well, and even the whole thing, that game that he went to, it's like my mans couldn't even go to a baseball game and finish out the game because the news had already broke. Now, did you peep that Yo, they I put that, that clip of Jerry, of Jerry Krause in there talking? When they didn't, so there was a rewatch that, um, but they had Jerry Krause in there talking about that particular game. They didn't show his face, obviously, but I don't know if they were trying to allude to like he was the one that broke the story while Michael was at the game that he was retiring. No, I think that he had commented on that story previously for another doc. Um, Okay. And they didn't want to, they didn't want to show that footage like he was alive and still talking about it now. So I think they just put the voiceover in. They didn't you know really what I'm talking that, about, though. Yeah, yeah, I, thought, I know I exactly. They were trying to make it seem like it was Kraus who, you know, without saying it, without saying it, you know what I mean? But and that's another story I didn't realize that he had to rush out of the building because that news broke. I I remember him throwing out that first pitch with the the all denim fit on. It was probably the highest attended White Sox game ever. You know what I'm saying? So like, <laughs> I didn't realize, but that that leaked that Mike was going to retire after that. Like that's yeah. crazy. At the um, game, yeah. Right. So he retires. Then we get to uh, the, the the baseball, and I thought it was just a way for. I mean, even if he knew this or not, it was. It ended up being a great way for him to decompress and feel like a regular dude around the guys in the clubhouse. He got to challenge himself in a different way, and I think another, you know, a great look into his mindset was when they when he said yo some people might think this is crazy that's fine i'm gonna go out here and try to make it happen and i'm gonna do my best if it works it works if not he didn't he didn't care about what anybody no pressure. was thinking there was no pressure but yeah he just did but that, that besides that he wasn't worried about failing he wasn't worried about it well, i'm saying there's no pressure at all there's it was it, you he had been in the pressure cooker for Eight years at that point, there's no pressure. It's just right. whatever happens, happens. Nobody expects me to be great at this. Right. I'm going to do something I want to do. Like, yeah. And um, the good old the good old saying, bro, it's tough to hit a breaking pitch, not? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The fastballs <laughs> are easy, right? As soon as they start hitting them with, the, with those change-ups and the breaking balls and the curves and whatnot, can't hit it. Look. Which is funny. There, yeah. You go yeah, out you there and hit. You go out there and hit fastballs. Most yeah. of them, they, they start throwing them 12 to 6 curveballs, then Maddox and the boys. You don't know where it's going. Right. They start you throwing them off speed. where it's going. Yeah. Right. Um, it starts getting a little different. You know what I thought of when I when I heard that was, uh, what's my man off Major League that couldn't hit the curveball? The big uh, Pedro, Pedro Serrano. He was Cuban. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's funny like, you oh. mentioned that. I just watched those with Mia like two weeks ago during quarantine. I was like, yo, I'm going to put you on to some of my favorite movies. And Major League are some of my favorite comedies of all time. Like, there's hands down. So Willie, Willie's Mays Hayes is, is one of the greatest. The, the, from Wesley to Omar Epps, Willie Mays Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes is one of the best. It's probably top two or three best uh, sports <laughs> characters in a movie, period. Runs like runs like Willie, but he hits like shit. <laughs> <laughs> Major League. What Willie Mays. What a name. Willie Mays Willie, Hayes. Willie Mays Hayes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, yeah, you're right. 100%. They start hitting with those breaking balls. It's a whole It's a whole other ball game. But did you yeah. see um, someone put on Twitter, and I remember it from the 30 for 30, the Rise the Bus one, that he bought the team – a new bus when he got there. Yeah, $250,000 $250, $250, bus with six TVs and a lounge in the back. Yeah, man, you can't like, be. Yeah. Mike I mean, was like, I'm no, sure I'm not that, doing this. He got out I there, would, he's like, no, I'm not doing this. I would love to see the bus before that. He was like, was look, terrible. I'm all about, I want to be a regular guy with the fellas, but we can't be out here traveling like this. this can't be out here like this. Can't be. Can't, can't do it. Not at all. No shot whatsoever. Imagine being on that squad, though. That must have been a hell of a year. Oh my God, dude! It must have been. They must. They had to be having the time of their life. Time of their lives, yeah. While losing money to Michael Jordan in the back of the bus. Yeah, like you know he whatever. was taking money. Oh, big <laughs> How time! How much you signed for? How much you signed for? <laughs> <laughs> I take your whole contract right now. What are you talking about? Yeah, Mike's taking all that money, not giving it back. <laughs> <laughs> Yo. I sh- you know what? At some point, I should have I should try to find someone off the Bears that we could talk to. That would be actually that hilarious. would be great. What a crazy run! Did you see that uh, on Twitter? Did you see that footage of him asking Ken Griffey for an autograph at the All Star game? No, I didn't see that at all. I so there's this clip on Twitter. I'll uh, I'll send it to you. you got guys. You got to look it up. He uh, I'm assuming it was that year that he was on the Barons. You ever seen that picture of him and Barry Bonds? Uh, not that I can think of. No. Okay, so then there's a there's a couple. You got to go look up this footage, but it looks like Mike went to the All Star game that year. He was playing baseball, and he was in the locker room, obviously, just because he's got tons of access or whatever. And he goes up to uh, a bunch of people are interviewing Ken Griffey Jr. He he barges through the reporters with a baseball bat, and he's like, "Yo, Ken, I need you to sign this." Blah blah blah. blah. So Griffey signs the bat hands it back to Mike and then him and Mike are chopping it after and he's like, yo man, I'm gonna be mad at you if you don't if you don't come to Chicago and holler at me, blah, blah, blah. It was like some real dope raw footage. That's that's dope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh it was real cool. It was real cool. So that I, was, I uh, love Ken Griffey Jr. man. Like I didn't grow up a huge baseball fan. Um that we talked about this before, but I always yeah. love Ken Griffey Jr. Shout out the kid. Yeah, dude. He's just uh was just a smooth cat. He was uh, all, all around great guy. Yeah. More flavor. He brought more flavor. Young black kid coming to the game. It was dope. I needed that. Yeah. Um. So he goes. We know what happens. He goes play baseball. He bats two hundred. He, uh, you know, he did his thing, right? Which is interesting. That was the first time I've ever heard like anybody talk about the batting two hundred as an accomplishment. And like when you kind of think about it, people they're like, "Yo, like it's crazy that he batted over two hundred. My man came out of nowhere and." Literally hadn't played baseball since he was 17 and came in in double-A ball and batted over 200. Like, that's that's an accomplishment. Well, it's just – the that's a that's a perfect – that's a perfect line on if you don't fuck with Mike or if you love Mike. If you're, if you're a Michael Jordan hater, him batting 200 is a knock. If you love Mike, you're like, yo, this guy batted 200. 
know what I'm saying? It's like yeah. almost like it's almost like the perfect divider of if you're a Michael Jordan hater or not. Well, if you're pointing out to Michael Jordan's baseball career is a reason you don't fuck with Jordan, you got a lot of other issues going on. Well, that's what I'm saying. But if, if you're looking for something <laughs> negative, to, there's not a lot. Of, there's not a lot of negative shit to say about Mike. No, you're already well, reaching for straws as is, right? So if you well, need some straws, that's one. Let's let's take a quick let's take a quick detour real quick because I'm happy we're on this subject and this is something yeah. that I've been very vocal about on Twitter. And I, I just want to make a plea to the people out there about something I'm just really sick of seeing. Um, <clears throat> first off. Hands down, no doubt about it, you, you know where I stand on this. Michael Jordan is the best basketball player of all time. With that being said, right, just because you say that, and I'm really telling this to all the people, to the, to the people on TV and a lot of these Twitter trolls, like, just because you say that doesn't mean you have to, in the same breath, put LeBron James down. The LeBron slander that I have seen since the last dance started is absolutely out of control like people need to calm down just because michael led in his way doesn't mean lebron is not a leader just because michael did this doesn't mean that lebron is trash right just because michael has six and lebron has was four three or four doesn't mean that lebron's career is garbage and i feel like a lot of these people are like oh yeah lebron was great i mean michael's great which means lebron can never do this and it's like what are y'all talking about? Have y'all been watching basketball the last 17, 18 years? Like, what game are you watching? It's okay to love Jordan and love LeBron at the same time. Like, for me, it goes Jordan, then LeBron, and then we can start talking. And that's fine. It's okay for LeBron to be the second best basketball player of all time. It's okay. It's okay. And guess what? He's still in his prime. But, like, chill with all the, with the, with the, every time we talk about Michael and how great he is, we have to use it as an opportunity to slander LeBron James. Like, it's just making something out of nothing. LeBron's sitting at the crib enjoying the last dance, watching his childhood hero like everybody else. He doesn't need to be brought into these conversations <clears throat> that are really have become slanderous. Like, it, it's, it's gotten out of control. And I get we need to fill up hours on TV and shit like that. And, you know, people at the crib bored, but I have seen LeBron James hate that, like, Makes me question if any of these people actually watch basketball games or if you're just there for the reaction. Well, give me an example. You ain't got to put the person's well, name in, but, like, what's an example got, of the take? I don't even know where it is. Whatever Stephen A. Smith uh, tweeted the other day, if I can find this, man, I I, I retweeted it. and was. I know Skip like, Bayless has been talking crazy. They've all been talking crazy, man. You know I'm a Stephen A. guy, man. I like Stephen A. Smith. But, oh, here it is. Does LeBron push his teammates hard enough? That was a topic on first take this, this week. Does LeBron push his teammates hard enough? Does he push his team? He went to nine straight NBA finals, so somebody's pushing somebody. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. He. He. They were down three one, and they came back and won the NBA finals. I don't know against a seventy three win ball club. I would say that those guys were pushed. What do you think? Just because yeah. he's not in your face, just because he's not cursing you out, just because he's not yelling, "That's nine, bitch," doesn't mean that he's not a leader. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Like. It's slanderous, man. It's like just go on this, but it's just different. slanderous. Different it's styles. a different way. But like, if you really want to sit over here, if like if you're still trashing LeBron James for anything on the basketball court, like hear me now. I don't want to talk to you about sports. I just I don't want to. I don't value your opinion. I think that you're stupid. Yeah, I mean I, I think that you're an idiot. That's well, it. You can hate him for anything else if you want to, fine. If you have a basketball argument with me about LeBron James, I think that you're stupid. Say less. Straight like that. Straight like that. 
Um, okay, so meanwhile, Jordan's playing baseball. We know what time it is. Pippen is Jordan's playing baseball. Pippen's coming into his own as a megastar in '94. They take it all the way without Mike. Have a great season. They get to they get to the playoffs. They're making a run, and then it happens. Happens. They give the look to Kukoc to win the game. Pippen's pissed off and tells Phil he's not going back in the game. I'm gonna say this. The more the more I learn about, you know, just Pip and how he was and the behind the scenes stuff, he was just a very he just felt slighted, bro. He was he always felt slighted. He had a major, major, major chip on his shoulder. I finally get I I led the team all fucking year. I'm the man here. No Mike. The reason we're good is because of me. I'm the leader. I finally get to a spot where I'm supposed to be taking the game-winning shot, and I don't get it. You give it to Kukoc. What he did was wrong. Of course you go in the game and you you stick up for your guys and you try to go out there and get a win. That's what That goes without saying. But I'm just telling you, the guy felt slighted at every single turn, and that was just a conversation he was supposed to have with Phil after the game. Like, yo, listen, bro, I, I get it. We won, and I'm grateful, and that needs to be my shot, and here's why. And have right. that conversation like a real man with Phil. You don't throw a temper tantrum on the bench and say you're not going to go in. And I, and I think I think kind of to your point, man. Like he 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 definitely felt slight about a lot. Obviously, later on with the contract, and they're showing even even at, around that that time he was upset about his contract, and that was ninety four. Right. He played four more seasons on the Bulls. Right. Um, and I think the thing the thing that I'll give him credit for is like he felt slighted about everything except for being the number two guy on the Bulls. Like I feel like he was a hundred percent fine with that, which is maybe why he felt he needed to be respected in other areas. Like yo, I'm completely cool. We're playing second fiddle to Mike. I will be the support guy. I will be the Robin. I will do everything you need me to do. You want me to facilitate, play defense, rebound, do dirt work 100%. But pay me and respect me. And I felt like those are two things he didn't feel like he was getting. So it's not like he was saying, hey, I need to be the man. I need to, you know, I, I need to be above Michael. I can't, I can't be around this guy. I'm trying to be my own star. Like for 90% of his career, he was like, hey, I'm cool with being that other guy. But when it's my time to get respected, a lot like getting paid or getting the final shot when Michael's off playing baseball. Like I need that. And I'm not saying it's right or wrong, um, but I definitely understand where he's coming from as far as being upset. I just don't agree with the action. Right. I just don't agree. It was with a the terrible action. I'm, not people, I'm not gonna be one of those people though. Who's going to sit here and judge it. Like I, I would know what I would do in that moment. Cause I think like, if you're over here, like, oh, I would never do that. Like that's convenient to say, you know what I'm no, saying? Like, I, 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 no, I disagree with you there. I can say I would never would have done that. Just that's just not what you do. Sure. Um, I wouldn't have done that, but I agree with you, and I think we're on the same we're on the same note. Is that it was just like a culmination of disrespect. Y'all don't want to pay me. Mike finally leaves. I lead the team to the playoffs. We're in a big spot here, and and I'm still like he just felt disrespected all the time. Yeah. Y'all not paying me. I don't really rock with the front office. 
Uh, I, I, and, and the shot was for Kukoc, of all people. It's like the guy that y'all been trying to replace me with for years. Jerry's right. love child, right? So another reason for Jerry to love this guy and not pay me. You draw it up for this guy? Like, come on, man. I thought it was hilarious that Kukoc was like, I mean, I did hit a bunch of game winners that year. Yeah, I, I think they've shown throughout this. Like, <laughs> they brought Kukoc in in a crazy situation. I think Kukoc has been cool throughout this. Shout out Tony Kukoc, by the way. I, I don't know if I already said this, but I used to see him every single day when I was working uh, like in Deerfield, Ohio yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah, like a legend, legend up north. Shout out Tony TK. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's like he felt slighted the whole way. Um, they end up winning the game. That takes a little bit of luster off of it. But the fact that we're talking about this still now today shows how big of a deal that was. And Mike saying he's never going to live that down. I mean. I don't think that's true, though. It gets there, but it's not like it's the first thing that comes up when you talk about Scottie Pippen. Like, I feel like I feel like that he's never going to live that down. Piece is kind of overblown. It comes up, though. It comes up. It's a part of his story, but it's not like. I don't know. Maybe it's just for me, but I don't feel like it's a major talking point in the Scottie Pippen story. Again, it'll come up. It'll always come up in a conversation where you're talking about him in totality. But like, I don't think it's like. It's not one of the first two or three things I think of when I think of Scottie Pippen. Like, I think of six championships. I think of outstanding defender. I think of a guy who would be a great player in 2020. And then maybe I'll start thinking, like, huh, where was he short at, you know? Um, but I, I don't think it's like there's – there's there could, it could be a lot worse. It could be the first thing you think of when you think of Scottie Pippen. I don't think we're there. Yeah, no, I mean, we're definitely not there just because he accomplished so much. But it still comes up. I, I, I yeah, do know sure. that. Yeah. So – but hey, it's water under the bridge. They end up pushing that series to seven. They take the L to the Knicks. But um, that was a tough shot, Kukoc hit. Yeah, that shit was water too. Uh, great play drop by Phil. Yeah, you don't really seal. think of Phil the X and O master, but yeah, Phil had some X's and O's on that. Yeah, seal them off. Yeah, that's it. Um, but it's just another example of like. That the all that the world doesn't revolve around you type of thing. Phil's not thinking, "Hey, let me get, let me not give the shot to Pip." He's just thinking, like, "Yo, I've seen Kukoc make this shot. I think it's a good look for him right here in this spot. Let's try to do that." Pippen to took it personally. Listen, bro, never take anything personally unless someone like physically or just specifically goes out and attacks you. Like that's that's the moral of the story. Like, don't take that shit personally. Like that. Like, he's just, just trying to get it. Yeah, just keep it moving, man. Everybody's trying to work towards a common goal, and just like in life, man, don't take that shit personally. It's not worth. It's not worth it. It never ends well. If you start. Well, and also, like, if you're Pippen, you gotta gotta look at it like, hey, what's what's more important to my legacy, us winning this series or me hitting this shot? And I mean, the there's not even a guarantee you're gonna hit the shot. Like, it's just yeah. like there's so many things wrong with not going out there but yeah be mad don't don't get me wrong be pissed off and talk to phil about it but you gotta you gotta you gotta fucking get off the bench and go play <laughs> i would have loved to see what cart i would have loved to see the cartwright speech me too man you well you saw you saw the footage of cartwright talking to him on the bench yeah yeah like what are you doing my what are you doing man like, what's wrong with you man you out of your mind you crazy <laughs> <laughs> you, got, you got a migraine what's going on <laughs> What are you doing, bro? What are you doing? Uh, But, yeah. So, let me get to my favorite part of the episode. 
the Space Jam thing. So he comes back, and, and, and we can talk about this. He comes back. Um, I thought it was interesting that I didn't know that he the, the first kind of first time he came back was going to grab some lunch with BJ. I thought it was funny as fuck they went to Baker Square. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> they pulled up to Baker Square, like, yeah, let's go get some breakfast, dude. Well, I think I know I, I know which Baker Square it is too. Is the or the one that used to be over there right in Deerfield. That's so funny. Yeah, so Baker go, Square was probably popping back in the day, low key. <laughs> yeah. They go over to Baker Square and Mike comes to practice with BJ all of a sudden it's, it turns into this couple times a week. Another thing I noticed if did you see uh where BJ is pulling up to the facility and he stops to show like the parking guy his badge to get in. Mike drives right and through. Mike just drives right through. <laughs> BJ's on the team and Mike isn't. Yeah, BJ's on the team. Mike isn't on the team. Mike's like, what the fuck are you doing, bro? Just, yeah. Just pull I thought in. Just pull in the parking lot, bro. What are you and, doing? And, and Mike had like the fully blacked out army flaps on the back of the range, like the, 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 the secret army, joint. The army <laughs> flaps on the bottom of the range were so mean. The mud, Yo, the mud flaps is crazy. Mud flaps are crazy. <laughs> crazy. Um, so he starts to work his way back, and um, they start they start comparing. You know, his body wasn't ready. He was out of shape. Uh, how did you feel about? You know, he's had to transform his body into a baseball body, and now he's working his way back into a basketball body. I think it was that he hadn't played a full season. You know, he comes in, he comes back. His fifth game, he drops the double nickel. We won't glance over that. He went crazy there. Um, he just wasn't in shape. He wasn't ready. But also, that Magic team was loaded. Oh, yeah. You had Horse. You had Shaq. You had Penny. You had <laughs> Nick, Nick Anderson. Anderson. Like, yeah. They were loaded. That was a decent squad. That's a very decent squad. So, and that was young, super duper problematic Shaq. Yeah, that was that was young, but yeah, that was yeah, that was young. A crazy athletic. That was point center Shaq. Nimble, like yeah, we don't know. We've never seen anything like this before, Shaq. <laughs> so um, he takes the L. I thought it was awesome that the the I, and I knew this story, but I wanted to touch on it with you. I thought it was awesome that he he has a bad game. They lose. He's like, "Fuck this forty five. He go yeah, switch, twenty three. Switches it between game one and two. I'm like, going back to twenty three. <laughs> you know what? Nah, if we're not doing that, we're not doing this no more. I think like everything he does it was so. It, it when you looking back on it is so legendary. It's like, man, eh, all right. Took it, took an L here. Let me go get the twenty three, and then come out and get a W in game two. And the fact that he was still quoting that Nick Anderson quote in the in the interview piece in you know twenty nineteen, where he's like, yeah, you know, forty five, eight, twenty three, like, yeah, he he still remembers that to this day. Absolutely. Like, I thought the, the best thing in these last it's two episodes was how many times he said, and that's all I needed. You know, whether it yeah. was uh, BJ Armstrong getting points, that's all, yeah, that's all I needed. George Carr walking past me in a restaurant, that's all I needed. Yeah, I'm busting his ass. The Nets, that's all I needed. I'm busting <laughs> like, his ass. Like, just always looking for something. That's, that's all I needed. It's like it, the series <laughs> didn't start until Mike found that reason to make it start. Yeah, I'm you busting his I mean? ass. That's, that's all I needed. George walked past me. Carolina, we play golf. That's all I needed. <laughs> right. And because um, we'll get to kind of that whole swagger when he was sitting in the locker room with the cigar and the bat. Uh, he had a cigar in his hand and another cigar in the cup. Did you in peep that? Cup. Yeah, I peeped that. It's not only am I smoking one in the facility, I'm going to have <laughs> another one after. 
like, yo, listen, listen, man. There's levels, bro. <laughs> like, 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 there's different. There's different. He's at a whole another spectrum. The whole thing he was too. In the locker room, smoking a stogie, and it was like a Churchill too. That joint yeah. was like ten inches. Big boy. <laughs> the I, another thing I didn't want to glance over. His first game back, everyone's talking about you know. He's got to get into shape. He's this, he's that. First game back, he puts up 28 shots. He was seven yeah. for 28. He's like, uh, he's out, he might, he's out of, he might be out of shape, but he's not out of shape to get these jumpers up. Nope. I'm going to make sure I get this volume up. Mentality is never, it's just like Kobe's, <laughs> last, it's like, it's like Kobe's last game shooting 30, 30 jumpers. It's like, hey, man, I'm, I'm just, it's a mentality. Kobe had 60 attempts, bro. Was it 60 attempts? Yeah, bro. What? He, I, <laughs> dude, Kobe had 60 attempts his last game. You don't remember that? <laughs> Come on, dog. <laughs> this last game. I'm 15 shooting. shots per quarter. I am shooting it every time down. There's only 48 minutes in the ball game. You probably, <laughs> you probably get like what? 120 possessions? Yeah, it's half of them. We're shooting Kobe, half of them. Shots. Half of them are Kobe jumpers. Like, listen, Byron, Byron, listen. Put the clipboard away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro, let's, let's get uh, – we could talk about this. We got, we got some time. But – um. I want to talk about the Space Jam thing. I mentioned it before. I'm, we're, I know that, I mean, I knew when he shot Space Jam, but are, are you kind of surprised like I was that coming off the loss to the Magic, going into that summer, knowing how locked in he needed to be, knowing how he needed to get back in shape, that he would, I, I was kind of shocked that he would shoot Space Jam. No, I was not at all. Because by all accounts, this dude didn't sleep and was not someone who was, like, singularly focused. You know what I mean? Like, obviously, he was focused in on being great in basketball, but he would also golf. He would also gamble. He would also do all types of other stuff. He was also a lead spokesperson for Nike, lead spokesperson for Hanes, lead spokesperson for Gatorade. You know what I mean? I think that this dude was doing all types of shit. So I think it was just another thing that he had to do while he was also doing his main thing. And you see how he kind of just fit it into his schedule. Like, I think that 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 narrative of like, yo, if an athlete's really trying to be great, they need to spend, you know, of their of their 13 hours awake per day. They need to spend, you know, 12 and a half of them training. It's like it's kind of like overblown. It's like, you know, three, four hours a day. Maybe he's going hard. But the rest of it, yeah, he has time to shoot a movie. He has obligations. I mean, he's focused on bigger shit. So I, I wasn't. I actually wasn't surprised. I, I was thought surprised. about it for a second. I was like, "Huh, that's interesting." But then the more I thought about it, I was like, "Nah," because if you look at how he kind of is, like, yeah, I mean, LeBron was shooting a movie this summer, right, in the middle of all this shit. I mean, I think well, these guys do other shit. I, I mean, what I'm saying is that it would have been different if he was coming off a chip, right? And he did it. He was coming off an L in the playoffs, and he was working his way back. This was going to be his first summer off. What is he supposed he to be can, like a rock? Supposed to be like a Rocky Four and go up in the the Alps and fucking run around? And, <laughs> no, I, I mean he doesn't have to do all that, but he doesn't have to shoot a feature film either, right? So that was I thought that was interesting. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I guess I don't know, man. I I I, I feel like you know he found his time. This is shoot a feature film, man. He showed up, said his lines, and got out of there. Mike wasn't there, no production meeting. Yeah, that's true. You can, you can bet that. You can bet that. <laughs> you can bet that. There was, no, there was no second take. Yeah, like, you don't yeah. like it, fix it. I'm not. I'm good. Ceiling is, <laughs> ceiling is the roof. <laughs> Ceiling's the roof. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go play some pickup. Ceiling's yeah, the roof. Sun's still out. I need to get. I need to get 18 in. 
I'm gonna go play some pickup. I'm out of here. I'm out. So let's get into uh, the '96 season, the best season of all time, 72 and 10. Every time you say that out loud, uh, 87 and 13, I believe. Yeah. On the year. It's crazy. 87 and 13. It's crazy. That's crazy to say that out loud. So I was interested to see the mindset of them going in and like, hey, they said they never seen Mike like that, frothing at the mouth to get back to it after coming off of losing to the Magic. Uh, from start to finish, they, um, hey, like it or not, they needed Dennis to fill that Horse Grant role. Yeah, um, no, Horse Grant was a was a key piece, and it was it was shown there with the you know the whole magic piece, and and then them having to fill that spot with Dennis. I love that. Uh, also, they didn't they didn't give that cliche answer of all oh, we're just focused on the next game. It was all no. I was in the locker room with Scotty. He's like, man, I think we might win our next twenty something games. You know what right. I mean? Like that whole thing. Like I love the confidence. Like you know that's the actual conversation that's happened in the locker room. Anytime someone's like, oh. We're just focused on the next game. It's like, no, you're not. You, you, you're looking at it. You're looking at how far it on the line it's going to be till you might lose again. Yeah, don't Judd give me Bush- that bullshit. Judd Bushler said he Scotty looked at the schedule on the plane and said, "Man, we might not lose another game for three months." <laughs> three months, yeah. So, yeah. I love that. I love that confidence. That's awesome. Yeah. So they go out. They have the best run they can, and we can skip to the finals. I'm gonna say this: those Sonics jerseys. And warm-ups, everything about that Sonic squad I loved. Rest in peace to Seattle Sonics. Damn shame that that city doesn't have a ball club. Yeah, it really is. Damn shame. Like, you you see what they do for their football team. You see what they did for that team. You see, you know, I don't know how the Mariners do, but I'm assuming they do okay. But, like, that's a that city deserves a basketball club. Hey, and I'm going to say this. This is – it's going to be interesting to see how the Oklahoma City Thunder fans react when their team is whack. Yeah, they've, I mean, they've, they've always had elite fans and everything when KD's been around and Russell Westbrook's been around and, you know what I'm saying, now CP3's around. They never got a taste of that really bad basketball squad. Yeah, I mean, obviously they had a good team going this year, though. I mean, I, I, they were supposed to be whack this year, but those moves that they made were great. CP3 was playing great. Uh, my man, what's the young the young, the young guy? Is awesome. Uh, guy, Hooper. Yeah. Um, yeah, he's nice. And then they obviously have like Hooper. Oh. And then they have like 30 first round draft picks coming up. So I felt like that team's going to be good. Man, I really miss NBA basketball. I, I, the, like, on Saturday, I almost broke down. I miss NBA basketball yeah, so man. much. Well, playoff. Playoff. Oh, is just... We'd be in the midst of the playoffs, man. The playoff hoops is that's what oh, I miss. The next the 30 days would be crazy. Yes, it's the best. Oh, it's the man. Best. Miss the associate. Um, <clears throat> Why? Why wouldn't George Carl say what's up to Mike at the at the restaurant? Because he's because he's a bitch. He's this is just, nothing, it's George Carl, man. I was, in, I was, we talked about George Carl. Anybody who writes a book about his former players after he retires, trashing players for not having father figures in their lives, is a coward. He's a clown. Cornball Co- coward clown. I get it. He's a cancer survivor. Like good. That's that's great. I'm happy for him, but he's still a cornball and a clown. And I've never liked George Caro, and he's a fucking clown. Just walk right by Mike. Didn't say, yo, good luck, whatever. Hey, and I'll say this. Let me let me say this about Mike. And you're for, the coach, dog. It's not like you're about to go out there and compete with Mike. Like, you're the coach. Right. 
Look, you don't need to be ice grilling anybody. For all the things that Mike said about people and how he found things to fire him up and him laughing at Gary Payton in this episode, if you notice all the clips pregame, he's always dapping all the guys. He always, like, very, his sportsmanship was elite. It was there. It wasn't, yeah. like, people say, like, oh, he was an asshole. He was this. He was that, which is fine. But when it came to sportsmanship, even after the Magic Series, you see him dapping up. Players were coming up to him. He's like, yo, good luck. Go get it, whatever, whatever. His sportsmanship was always there. That was never a question. They they talked about, um in the media, the whole thing, them talking about, Gary Payton is going to lock him up, blah, 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 blah. They show the next game. He's dapping up everybody. He points over to GP like, yo, what up? Good luck, blah, blah, blah. So the sportsmanship was always there. And he that was one thing. He would never walk by you in the restaurant. He might have stopped and said, yo, we're about to wear y'all ass out tomorrow. But he's not going to try to big time you and walk by and not say anything. I think that's also easy to do um, when you know that you're going to win. You know what I mean? I think when you're the one that's busting everybody's ass, it's almost kind of like a, yeah, I'll shake everybody's hand. But that's, what but that's what I'm saying. But go back to Detroit when they played the Pistons and they lost every year. He was he was still – that was why that shit right. bothered him so much. He was like – even when he didn't know, they hadn't beat anybody yet. He was still showing sportsmanship. He was still showing love to the Pistons. Definitely not. You know I what I'm saying? Hey, yeah, for sure. So I uh, – yeah, George Carl, that's a clown move. You got to say what's up to Mike, like – He's a clown in general, man. I wish they would have said what restaurant he was at. Yeah, for real. Somewhere Shout in out Ahmad Rashad. This guy was just so always around. In. Oh my god, always there, always there. He's he's riding with Mike down forty one to the stadium at the end of the at the end of episode six. He's uh he, he's he's with Jordan everywhere. Yeah, shout out Ahmad Rashad, man. That's his guy. So Mike is finally back. Oh, and real quick on that note of uh, always being around, Ahmad was his guy. The whole squad, the going into the season, the whole squabble with Steve Kerr. I thought it was hilarious that Mike didn't have Steve Kerr's phone number. I saw you tweet that. I was actually <laughs> yeah. like, maybe maybe back then, though, like it's not like you were texting on, people and shit. Yeah, so the house but, phone. It's like, what's he going to call Steve Kerr at the crib for? Oh, you mean like like the Rolodex type of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think back then, like to have someone's number, it might have been like more more of a situation than nowadays. So yeah, like, give me Steve's number. But, but he, he called the facility. Like he didn't even call a teammate. You got yeah, Steve's like, number over hey. there. He's like, he called the receptionist. Yeah, I need Steve Kerr's I- extension. <laughs> <laughs> this is Michael. Need, this is Mike. I need Steve Kerr's number, please. Yeah, can, you, can you pass me through? Because I've never, I've never talked to this motherfucker ever. I think his name is Steve. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Number, t- I think, he, yeah, the little short guy with the, the short hair. He shoots he good. Shoot. He's all right. <laughs> Yeah, that guy's number. I think it's Let me great that, that Steve stood up to him, though, man. Like, I, I, I think, like, like you said, I mean, Steve Kerr didn't back down. That obviously got Mike's respect. Mike knew he can go to war with that dude. Um, so shout out Steve, Steve Kerr. I keep trying to call him Steve Nash, but um, yeah, I mean, I thought that was dope how he said, like, after that, I got Mike's respect. Like, he was looking for someone to back down, and man. that wasn't me. And in '97, he hit him. With, he hit him in a big spot for that jump. Absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, the 72-10 and 10 squad went out and did what they were always going to do. They won the title. Uh, what was your take on the GP comments? And people all over Twitter and have been comparing the stats of, you know, Jordan Jordan versus GP and Jordan not versus GP. And Peyton might have gave him a little trouble. What, what were your thoughts on that? 
I have always loved Gary Payton. Always. Like, Gary Payton is a legendary shit talker. If you listen to him in an interview, all you need to do is listen to him in an interview for five seconds and understand what it was probably like playing with or against him. Um, he's got that that strong California California type type vernacular going on, and he just talks shit. Um, so I just love that they pulled out the iPad and showed this clip of what was probably like before they edited it down like eight minutes of Jerry, Gary Payton just going off about how he gave Jordan problems and how he still thinks about that to this day and how they could have won and maybe things would have been different. Like refusing to be like, oh, yeah, that team came in and, and just whooped us and we didn't stand a chance. Like Gary's out here like, no, nah, you know, I told George Carl. And I love that he was like, I told George Carl, man, fuck that. I'm guarding Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Which I thought was great. Oh yeah, um, like GP said, listen, listen, you, li- listen. You don't, Enjoy you can't time. make, you can't make these decisions no more. Yeah, you're done. Yeah, you took <laughs> him out of the equation. You can't make this decision anymore. Fuck that. Head coach or um, not, you're not making this decision anymore. I wish he, I that to, he shouldn't have waited till they went down. But yeah, and them showing that to Mike and Mike letting out that laugh, like the 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 only louder laugh was the Bulls traveling cocaine circus shit. <laughs> uh, Mike just let out the laugh like Gary Payton, and then he goes, "Come on, the glove." He goes, "I had no the problem glove? with I had no problem no with, the, with glove. the glove. No, I had no problem with the glove." Uh, Yo, but, I, but, I, I thought that was great. But listen to this list of because Gary Payton ninety five ninety six won uh, the Defensive Player of the Year. And listen to listen to the people that he's bunched up in between. So Jordan won at 80, 87, 88. But dude, guards didn't win this award. This is how tough GP was on ball defense. Listen to, a, point, a point guard. Right. Listen to this list. So Jordan won at 87, 88. Then it goes Mark Eaton, Dennis Rodman, Dennis Rodman, David Robinson, Hakeem the Dream, Hakeem the Dream, Dikembe Mutombo. Then it's Gary Payton. Then at, yes. then, th- then listen to the list after he wins it. Then it goes Matumbo, Matumbo, Morning, Morning, Matumbo, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace, Artest, Ben Wallace, Ben Wallace, Camby, Garnett, Howard, Howard, Tight. You know what I'm saying? These are all big men. Bigs and perimeter pl- and perimeter defenders. Yeah, like and, Kawhi. And, and Kawhi even the per- oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean I'm just talking about the that, no, that, but, if you, but if you keep going, that's all you're gonna get is Kawhi, Dwight, right? Players like that, Tyson Chandler. It's all bigs and uh and big perimeter players. But that wings. time that time period, especially. Yeah, it's bigs like, and wings. Point guards didn't win that. So gee, GP. Point, how where are you on that list? Because I'd like to know who the last point guard before Gary Payton was to win that. Because I, I can't picture a point guard winning defensive the, player of the year that often. I got the whole list. Didn't uh before Jordan won it in 87, 88, Michael Cooper won in 86, 87. Didn't he play point? Or was no, he a Michael two? Cooper was a forward. I thought Michael Cooper was a forward, wasn't he? I thought Mike Cooper was might have been a guard. I guess he maybe he's a guard, small forward. But man, there's no there's no point guards on here. No, there's no point guards on that list. You know what I'm saying? This list is stacked. Sidney Moncrief. No, nah, yeah, Michael Cooper was a shooting guard. Okay, he's two guard. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. You know how much of a dog on defense you got to win to win that to be a point guard to win defensive player of the year? You got to be locking boys. You really, right? really got to stand out on defense as a little dude. Like, that's that's crazy. I mean, I love Gary Payne, man. Shout out that Suns team, too. Two of the greatest nicknames ever have to be the Glove and the Rain Man. The Rain Man. Yeah, that Sonic scene was crazy. Sean Kemp. <laughs> the Glove oh and the Rain God. Man. Sean Kemp was such a monster. Sean Kemp was. Before Zion Williamson, there was Sean Kemp. Like they're that's freak. they're very similar. Just freak, big body, 
athletes was just they were just different. And they had uh they had Detlef Shrimp with the torch. Detlef was dope, yeah. Sam, um, Sam Perkins, Sam Perkins with the set shot. Sam, Sam Perkins didn't jump. Justins, yeah, shout out he Sam Perkins. Yeah, the, the two foot set shot. Yeah, that shout out his, Sam Perkins. Uh, that was his boy from North Carolina too, all the way back. He's the original Carolina stretch five. Yeah, Sam Perkins probably would have got big run in 2020. Oh my God, Sam Perkins would have got huge run. Huge, now, huge man. run in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. So they got the chip, and then uh, now we're going into 97, 98. Now we're starting to close the dock, so we're gonna see Reggie. We're going to hear from, I'm assuming we're going to hear from Carl Malone, Stockton. And, and John Stockton boys. and Hornacek and all those fellas. Yeah, and all those guys. Um, Jerry Sloan. Oh, Jerry Sloan passed, yeah. huh? No. Uh, did Jerry Sloan die? He might have died. He might have died recently. I think, if he yeah, did I die. feel like maybe Jerry Sloan uh, did he pass. Recently, but he might have he been interviewed. Yeah. No, he's still alive. Shout okay. out Jerry Sloan. He's still Shout alive. out Jerry Sloan. Okay. Bulls legend. Yeah, 100%. Got ran out the league by D-Will. That's a whole whole other podcast. Could. (laughs) That's a whole other show. Um, But, yeah, man, they're getting ready to close it out. What are you looking forward to to get out of here? What are you looking forward to to uh, close the the dot? What's your what's your biggest I'm, moment? I'm I'm interested in the um, I'm interested in the ninety or the uh, ninety six ninety seven stuff. Like the, I think that'll be cool. Like you've seen a lot of already the ninety eight and everything kind of leading up to that. Now you're really seeing like how he was right before that last year. I think the older Jordan again. Like I'm fascinated by the older Jordan. The fact that he was this dude who was at that point like so much larger than life of a character kind of just still playing basketball and pursuing these championships. So I kind of want to see what everything was like after he came back and won that ring. What was, what was, you know, his relationship with his teammates. That, that was kind of like twilight, twilight of his career. Yeah. I guess. Like kind of like everything that was going around because I feel like that last, that fifth championship, that's when shit was probably really hot between like Kraus and Phil. And they were yeah. by the sixth one, you already knew. Like that year, they already knew, hey, they even called it the last dance. Like there's no point in even arguing. We know we're not going to be here next year. But I'm sure that year before is when it started to become clear like, oh shit, this, this is really going to end bad. And I think it's what's what also is interesting is because that one's kind of not forgotten, but 96, they went 72 and 10, and 98 was the last one. And then there's one smacked in the middle of those legendary seasons. Exactly. So it'll be interesting to see see some behind the scenes and, you know, that extra footage of just that breakdown for sure. Absolutely. We'll leave it there. The Last Dance recaps episode seven and eight. For Big Nick the Quick, I am your host, Sean Little. No catch-up sports talk via Chicago. Make sure you subscribe everywhere. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube. Lock in. Let's get it.